Hello, and welcome to the Alchemist Inkwell. I'm your- Emily. I'm Crystal Lynn. <laughs> and this is your spiritual podcast for grounded people. But this know. is also a week with uh, heavy Neptune transits. So grounded is kind of asking a lot for, for this week. Oh my God. I cannot say words at <laughs> there, all. <laughs> yeah. There was a, uh, a Mercury Neptune shenanigans transit uh, recently, and then Mercury squared Jupiter and then went into Capricorn. So we're at least on that side. Mercury is no longer in detriment, but Mercury is now sinking into Capricorn. Dang is- shenanigans. Like, so sorry to mess up our intro. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I'm going to blame Neptune. So. Okay. Okay. Neptune, Neptune don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay yeah it doesn't feel particularly grounded I'm also really tired but yeah it's also the day of the real recording this the day of the full moon in Gemini which is conjunct Mars which is out of bounds and being eclipsed by earth and the moon right now which is kind of unique because you know we don't really take into account other planets being eclipsed by us in astrology and really don't worry about it but astronomically it's really cool because the moon is going to block out Mars later this evening just from the sky so nifty uh-huh nifty nifty <laughs> yeah absolutely it's a very interesting energy day i was telling krista before we hopped on like i haven't really looked super deep at the energy of the full moon because it just feels wonky mm-hmm. um and i know you're going to be listening to this well if you're in our patreon you'll be listening to this later today if you're not in our patreon you'll listen to this you know tomorrow or later this week um but it it's it's weird it's weird energy it's out of bounds chaotic yeah yeah it's it's a bit chaotic both mars and the moon are out of bounds at the moment and they're conjunct each other and mars is retrograde and you know there is a trine from saturn that is like the string on the kite a little bit but uh the kite is in a lightning storm if you want to give it that kind of that kind of um analogy so it makes sense if we're all feeling a little bit hot tempered short tempered hot and bothered cranky um anything like that especially in the area of life that gemini uh kind of rules in your house system in your chart so whatever house you have gemini in in your chart and you do have gemini even if there's not a planet in there you do have gemini and that is where mars and the moon are currently translate transiting in your life and i've done all this work for you already on my tiktok i posted Uh, horoscopes for every rising sign so if you're wondering what that is for you i just put it into a nice question sentence for you on tiktok if you're interested awesome that's great thank you for doing that yeah no problem it's it's nuts (laughs) all of my astrologer Um, friends and i are checking in on each other like are you okay this is happening in your such and such house yikes Yeah, it doesn't feel bad. It just feels weird. Mm-hmm. It feels very just off. It feels like a lit fuse. And either it could be fireworks that you're really excited to see, or it could be dynamite and it might blow something up. It depends on its condition in your chart and the way that your chart works with it. Fair yeah. enough. Cool. Well, today we are going to try to talk about something that is kind of grounded in this very ungrounded time. So it's going to be an adventure. I know, right? Um, so first of all, we got our topic request uh, this week from the Patreon. It was what our patrons voted on. So thank you all patrons. We appreciate you and care about you. You are awesome. We care about everyone, but you know, 
that's super fun. Um, we appreciate that. And it, they voted on ancestral healing. So we're going to talk mm-hmm. a lot about ancestral healing um, and how we can go about doing that. But before we do get into that, I do, if you're good with it, Krista, I feel like you should really talk about some of the astrology stuff that is coming up over this next week. Because yeah, I know sure. there's a lot going on in December. And I feel like if we talk about that first, it might give people sort of an anchored and grounded perspective on what's happening. Yeah. So over the next week, as you know, uh, from podcast to podcast, what we're going to be experiencing is on the 9th of December, Venus is going to follow in Mercury's footsteps and square Jupiter right before piecing out over into Capricorn, like literally 29 degrees and then hopping over. So we will experience this square between both benefits, which means like, yes, it's a, um, a challenging aspect, but the benefits themselves aren't really in the mood to argue their benefits, right? So mm-hmm. if you're going to have a, a, a disagreement or something, it's going to be more of like a compromise or, or you're going to see something that's like, oh, that's not supposed to be that way. Thank goodness. I recognize that. And so you might notice that in your relationships, stuff comes up where you're like, oh, glad we caught this. Let's do something about it. Um, that it's also a really great time for meditating and asking like what you need to learn, what other things uh, might you have been missing? Do a card pull and let that energy come through and say, hey, here's a block you didn't know you have, or here's what the next best step in your life is to take. Or you can always uh, schedule a consultation with someone who does those kinds of things for you, tarot readers, astrologers, psychic mediums, uh, us, you know, that kind of thing. So um whatever technique you feel like to just get a, Hey, how am I doing universe? What's going on? That's a great opportunity to do for the next, uh, kind of day or so as Venus is moving from this square with Jupiter into Capricorn, still pretty positive, checking our experience against our beliefs and values to make sure that those line up. Um, the 12th will have the sun forming a sextile aspect with Saturn, who is still separating from that square with Uranus. And we're seeing that happening in this sort of, um, unrest in our civil structures, so to speak. And I'm going to let you insert situation here because there's no short list of them. Uh, but you'll know, you'll know what we're referring to when you think about the news headlines lately and how certain people are saying the structure doesn't work anymore. We need better recognition. We need to fix this. Um, that is something that is coming up and the sun is forming a sextile with Saturn as we're kind of closing the cycle of Saturn for this, this go round to be able to say, yeah, let's look at that because the next time the sun and Saturn meet, uh, will be actually, I have it written down, I believe, um, do, 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 do. their conjunction will be in February, which will be the last time they meet while Saturn is still in Aquarius. And then Saturn's going to be moving into Pisces with a whole new, uh, set of topics to cover. And for all of you out there who have Saturn in Aquarius, you will be done by March with your Saturn return. So there's that as well. It's always very nice. And then finally on the 14th, the sun will square Neptune who we are blaming for everything right now. And what that's going to do is that's actually uh, like we're at the the third plot point in the story with the sun and Neptune in this cycle. So they will conjoin again around March 13th. So that's a conjunction that will be happening as Saturn is coming into Pisces as um, Jupiter. No, Jupiter is going to still be in Aries at the time. My bad. Mars is moving into cancer and Pluto is moving into Aquarius. Lots of stuff again, happening in that charged up energy of March. But for now we're getting our little last Uh, hurrah of this cycle of Neptune still in Pisces has been in Pisces for a while will be in Pisces for a while so this is just a continuing on of the themes that we've seen with that so far 
So yeah. um, themes such as, sorry, cultural shifts and certain conflicts going on on a cultural level, uh, possibly a spiritual level as well. So for you as an individual, if you're listening to this, it's a great time to be checking in with your spiritual practices, connecting with the divine in a way that works for you. And it's also a great time for belief pulling um, to make sure that all the stuff we've been experiencing from the external world hasn't gotten too glued into our belief systems. So working on things to cleanse our own psyches and uh, peace of mind. Which is nice. I think we all need that. I think that's part of the reason that it feels a little ungrounded as of late too, is because it is a little bit more of a cleansing, more watery sort of energy, I guess Mm -hmm. is the best way I can describe it for going elements. Um, And I'm glad for this. Mm-hmm. in some ways for sure uh cool well it's a great time to talk about ancestral healing then yeah it really that's is all of this <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that's definitely something i could uh even uh, uh, pin onto the uh the sun square neptune because neptune being in pisces pisces is the depths it is the the sea of subconscious and that is where we would hold a lot of our ancestral things that require resolution so I know you do a ton of ancestral healing. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because you do a lot of work in that area. <laughs> I do less of that. So yeah. Um, so I I do a lot of things having to do with, you know, in mediumship, a lot of the time I'm bringing in ancestors and helping people resolve those kinds of things. And I think it's a lot about closure. And I think ancestral mm-hmm. healing is a lot about closure as well, because it's these things that their beliefs that you have with you because somebody else endured something and then mm-hmm. carried a belief that genetically passed on to you. So now you've inherited this belief and you now need to either, you know, work with it because it's something that maybe does help you, but in the context of healing, it's something that is no longer necessary for survival. And mm-hmm. so the, the thing that goes along with it is a certain sense of forgiveness for people that you may or may not be able to still in- in, uh, interact within your life. So with ancestral healing, what you want to do is say, you know, I have this irrational fear and I will tell you more commonly, especially for female presenting people or people who are raised with a sort of female culture. It's a lot of the times about their body. Uh Most of the time it is about the shape of their body and how well it fits into ABC, whatever their grandmother thought was a beauty standard at the time. Um, so you want to take that into account. It can also come from your mother who was raised by your grandmother, who was raised by your great grandmother. So that's where the chain link kind of happens. And sometimes it's an honor to be a link in the chain of some kind of lineage. But in this case, we want to make sure that chain is not rusty so that it can actually sustain what comes forward and, you know, even heals what goes backwards. One of my favorite things about ancestral healing is that it's commonly believed that you will heal seven generations ahead of you, but you're also going to heal seven generations behind you. And I've noticed this happen with at least two generations behind me. I was able to study uh, effects on my mom and my grandmother when I would do belief work on myself related to ancestral beliefs. Um, I've noticed things with my more paternal lineage as well when I would do belief work on myself related to ancestral beliefs, particularly in that case around social justice issues. Again, insert social justice issue here. Uh, religion is also going to be another deep one. Yeah, I find a religion a lot. Like that comes up a lot when I'm doing um, readings or block pulls for people. You name it, religious blocks that their grandmother held or their grandfather held, or you name it. 
Mm-hmm. those will come through pretty significantly, especially if it was very traumatic for that person to be in a religious space, then it kind of trickles to the line in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. So those are ones that I definitely recommend putting some energy at looking at for sure. And when I say that it's like a forgiveness process, think about it this way. If you ever, there's this story and I love this story and I've, I've lived this story where grandma has a, a recipe book And you can't deviate from the recipe because this was grandma's recipe book that she got from her grandma, that she got from her mom or whatever. And it's like, why do we use these ingredients in this recipe? Why is that so important? Well, I don't know, because that's the way grandma did it. And that's the way her grandmother did it. And like, how cool that we have this level of history, right? And to a certain Mm -hmm. extent, we really need to appreciate those of us who do have enough awareness of our lineage far enough back to understand this kind of stuff. You do not, it does not, it's not required to know who was who in your lineage, you can still have a belief, know it came from ancestry and still resolve it, still heal it, still have a a really powerful effect. But in this example, you'll have someone, it's like grandma's recipe and we did it this way because that's how she did it. And I don't know why, but we're gonna keep doing it that way. And then you take that and you share it with somebody else. And we still don't know why, but we're doing it that way. And it turns out grandma just didn't have flour that day. So she substituted with something when she wrote it in. You don't need to, it's not a secret recipe. It's just, that's what grandma was doing that day. And now we're substituting every single time without knowing why, and really without needing to. So as an ancestral belief can be something that happened incidentally and was maintained because nobody really questioned why it was still there. They were just focused on maintaining the, uh, the inheritance of it. So that's why it can be easier than you think to forgive, uh, previous generations for not having asked, but isn't it cool that you are asking and that you're taking it upon yourself to heal not only your piece and your link in this chain, but the chains and the links around you. Yeah. I also want to say with that too, like working with your ancestors is not a requirement. Mm-mm either uh you don't have to do this work you will naturally do it if with your own block pulling and healing and releasing and stuff like you will naturally do it that way it is not a requirement that you want to channel in and work with your ancestors maybe it just doesn't speak to you maybe that's something that you're just not interested in that is totally fine also if you're just not ready to look at all of the um you know things that happened in your ancestral line if like you have a really not great relationship with your family perhaps anything like that then you don't have to that is not a requirement for being spiritual i know a lot of people talk a lot about like oh my ancestors are here and they're helping me and whatever um i personally don't work with my ancestors basically at all mm-hmm. i work with they've never spoken sometimes. to me yeah they've never spoken to me i don't care i know that's a horrible thing to say i i don't um i know that i didn't come into this lifetime to do a lot of that work i know i didn't come in to to heal a lot of the stuff that they did that's not me um, and I'm okay with that. That's totally fine. I think I'm so interested in ancestry, mostly because I do feel, uh, as many people do, like a sincere lack of um, passed down culture. I know a lot of my ancestry. Like I have very detailed records about both sides of my family going very far back. And still there's a huge severance of culture from both sides. Um, And so that aspect of it, I'm always very interested in. But if you're not feeling drawn to actually like talking to or working with your ancestors, you do not have to. And if you do feel drawn to working with your ancestors, by all means, that's wonderful. Lean into it. Um, But with this notion too, a lot of, if you are 
healing things or working through things or whatever, you may be holding them on an ancestral level without knowing it. And you're still working through it. That is totally fine. Mm -hmm. Um, one place to look for like ancestral healing to figure out like, well, what could I do to help some stuff? What beliefs, like limiting beliefs do your parents and your grandparents hold that you have witnessed? Start by working on pulling and releasing those. Start by affirming yourself out of those. When they try to throw beliefs at you, actively think energetically i do not accept this like this is return to sender no mm-hmm. i am not absorbing this that will start to actively unprogram those things and give you a place to start when it comes to like your ancestral healing space mm-hmm. yeah i i've noticed it's helpful for me like you know at the thanksgiving kind of dinner kind of situation where i mm-hmm. noticed that there's attachment to certain topics that prevents uh, even, you know, casual or kind interaction or time spent to even happen. So I will go in and say, you know, what don't I like? What am I not looking forward to experiencing with these certain people? And what belief would that be? Do I have that belief? Can I release it? And will that have an effect on how charged up that person is to have that specific conversation with me because where I'm resisting it, they're now wanting to put it in because they're feeling that disconnect, right? So if I resolve that belief and it goes back genetically, I have noticed that when I do that, that conversation doesn't happen. And if it does, I can hold a boundary and it it doesn't have the power or the, you know, the sustenance to be able to, to sustain the conversation. So it'll drop. And that person doesn't know how to come at me with it anymore. And then we can find other things to talk about because it's just dinner or whatever. And I don't have to, you know, interact with them on a prolonged period if I don't want to, but also it can really lead to amending of relationships or a forming of a relationship in a way that wasn't the old way. When it comes to working with ancestors, I do work with one of my direct ancestors. It's my grandmother's grandmother. And I never, of course, I never met her. Um, she was called white grandma because she had white hair. And I only know of her because as I was getting involved in energy healing, this person kept stepping forward and giving me extra guidance while I'd be working with a client. And eventually I was able, uh, my grandmother gave me something that had belonged to white grandma because she felt randomly compelled to on my 18th birthday. And so I started asking about this person and it was even to the picture, the person that was helping me during these sessions. So I will use her as, um, as a guide. Um, she will like, she'll clap you on the back of the head if you're doing something wrong. And often it's because she wants you to make sure that you are not inserting yourself in someone else's healing process, which I think Uh is really helpful to keep in mind for this as well. You are so intimately involved in ancestral healing but it is not just about you. And it's not your responsibility to fix your entire lineage just because you're aware of it. You don't have to be that person. Don't martyr yourself energetically or otherwise. Make sure you're doing this first and foremost because it's on your heart. It's on your mind. It's something that you feel needs to be done so that you can move forward because that's probably a good sign that it is going to be effective for everyone else. If it feels bad to do, then it may not be your role and you don't have to push yourself to do that. Yeah. And I do recommend um, when, if you do want to start working with the ancestors, if this is a pull that you're feeling, um, incorporate some 
part of your ancestral lineage into your day-to-day, whether that's you light a candle for your ancestors, whether that's you, you know, ring a bell for them, or you just say a quick thank you to them once a day, just start by doing that. And you're going to notice more and more of their energies coming up. You'll notice maybe your family around you sharing things from that. If you don't have any connection to your ancestors in this physical, perhaps you're adopted or something like that. And you're like, I have no idea. That is totally fine. Energetics connection can still exist. So that's why you can start with these kind of more vague, like, I don't know who I'm lighting this candle for, but I know I came from somewhere. So thank you for all the love affairs that led to me being born. That's (laughs) incredible. Um, That is as simple as it can be. And you can really start bringing in some of that energy of those ancestral things if you really want to work with that. Um, I do want to specify too, like if you know really strongly, like, oh, I'm a second generation immigrant from over here. Like there's a lot of culture there too. You can also look at more cultural things as a whole of like, oh, what are some cultural limiting beliefs that I don't want? Maybe I wasn't raised in that society. Maybe you were, but what are like some older cultural things that keep getting passed down? If you notice, I've I, to talk about this, um, Disney's been doing this a lot in their films with like Turning Red and Encanto, where they've been like tackling like breaking cycles in different cultures and that sort of energy that is something that we're trying to say like that is a way that you can work with that um the other thing though too is if you as we talked about in the mediumship episode we talked uh, and if you haven't listened to that one go back and listen to that one because we talked about mediumship and like talking to past loved ones and that kind of thing if there's ancestors you don't want to work with you can tell them you don't want to work with them like you do not aren't calling all of your ancestors that's ever existed to come in and help you you can say like hey if there's an ancestor that had a similar experience i'd like to work with you you can specify that for yourself you don't have to call them all in especially if you're trying to heal a lot of like bigotry and hatred and all these different things that maybe your ancestors held and you don't want to work with them directly you can literally just do that work within yourself do block pulling read things you know watch videos be educated about those specific issues and that's going to break that cycle naturally and do a lot of energetic releasing from all of that weight that you're you're carrying in the ancestral space mm-hmm. yeah yeah i just always want to preface that of like it's not <laughs> sometimes you might not want to work with your ancestors yeah. specifically and you can still do ancestral healing even if you don't want to chat with them Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, your ancestry is first and foremost, you. So yeah. anything that you want to work on, you can just say, you know, whoever this person was, whatever energies were involved in this, mm-hmm. there it is, you know, like to that or with that or for that, however you want to go about it. Uh, which makes kind of a big difference. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing is food. Food is really important when working with ancestral stuff. Um, it doesn't have to be, be that you made a meal that is something that your great grandma used to make. It doesn't have to be something that big. It could be that you're like, oh, I know I have some lineage from this culture. I want to try some cultural foods from that place. That's amazing. You can do that and that'll help bring you closer to that ancestral work. But even if you just make a meal and then you, before you eat it, you thank your ancestors or you share a bit with them or anything like that. There's a really strong connection with food and ancestral stuff Mm -hmm. like very very strong yeah similarly with music if you listen to music music that is from that that culture that period that that family um even if it's like a record that's been passed down or you listen to a vinyl instead of a a cd or an mp3 or whatever just in honor of the way they might have done something is it do we still call them mp3s I think there's still MP3s. I mean, we stream music, but when I do uh, audio downloads, there's still MP3 file types. So 
That's what I'm going to do. I'm a millennial, <laughs> and in my world, I started with cassettes, and now I'm here. I think fours when I download that. I have no idea. I don't know. Like, I know what that means, but I was just like, you said that, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I've heard that said in a while, but that I totally understand wonder if everyone's like, yeah, no, I immediately went back to my like little dinky mp3 player that was just a usb thing and had no screen from like early 2000s so yeah right we are moving the... into a new generation soon so it makes sense that we're kind of reflecting on ours here <laughs> I, I got really frustrated um last year for shadow's birthday um we were not going to necessarily get her a phone we just wanted to get her a music player and that's not a thing not anymore really. you can't just get like an ipod the way you could get an iPod, which I think is kind of a miss, to be totally honest, because mm-hmm. there is like people who don't want to store their music on their phone and, you know, like kids and stuff like that that don't necessarily need a phone to have music. So I think that personally, I feel like that's a miss, but they're really yeah. not easy to find. Like you can't really get things that just even... play music anymore, which is weird to me. Yeah. You can't even burn CDs anymore because nothing has a CD drive by the way, CDs, <laughs> a, a dinosaur in their own right at this point. Well, DVDs are going too. Yeah. Oh, I haven't touched a DVD player in years. Yeah. Yeah. So everything's Speaking streaming. Ancestral right? stuff. We are becoming the ancestors. We're right here right now. <laughs> well, that is the other thing too. I was actually going to touch on this. So thank you for bringing that up. Ancestral stuff goes both ways. So if you have kids or if you have nieces and nephews, or is there a non-binary term for niece or nephew? Um, you know, I don't know. That's an interesting point. Like I've, I know siblings, I know spouse. I don't think I've been, I don't think I've explored that. I only have one, um, one sibling, a brother who has had children. So my, my siblings, children, it would be my brother's children. You or have, my, you have, yeah. But if the niece or the nephew is non-binary, no, just call them Jack's. Or call them, yeah. you know, whatever. No, but as speaking in like a general yeah. term, I just yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, if you know, yeah. if a listener yeah. knows, if you know, write in like, because that's trying. something I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to be inclusive and I realized I couldn't be because I don't yeah. have a word for a non-binary niece or nephew. Yeah. Yeah. I think Maybe. right now I would just refer to if I had a non-binary um, child of my sibling, they would just be. The, the child, the of, child my of my sibling yeah, yeah. i'm gonna google that while you make your point <laughs> sorry i was just that just stopped me dead in my tracks but if you yeah, have no. little children's in your life uh and you've noticed that they are really struggling with things like they're you know maybe they have fears of things that seem irrational but you can see oh chris started laughing what is it what's the term sorry. what's the term the first uh according to merriam webster Okay. The term, the gender neutral term to refer to a child of one sibling is nibbling. I have heard this before. So I have two nibblings. I have many nibblings. I love it. I totally okay. forgot about it. Um, I didn't also I, sib, I the sib term, kid, but I sib kid would be another one. Sib kid. Okay. Yeah. Nibbling. Uh, I prefer nibbling. Neef or nephew. Chibling, according to them.us, them.us. Yeah. So that's advice for non-binary. Yeah. Cool. So your nibblings, if you've got nibblings or Or children in your life, um, and you know, you share some sort of DNA lineage, et cetera, with them, 
doing ancestral work can be as simple as being like, oh, like they're displaying things that, you know, they're struggling with, even though they're, you know, a little in like, how do I hold that? Can I pull and release that? And that will help them. Um, it was really interesting when my kids were, were really little, I did a lot of work on my fears of the dark and my fears of all of these paranormal things. And then they started sleeping better through the night. And I was like, Oh, oh, there we go. This is another thing that is very much an ancestral healing space, um, that helps big time. Um, what I will also say, if you really feel like I want to work with personal ancestors, like I want to work with, like, I like the way you work with white grandma, like I want to work with that level of being asked for one to come forward. Which one of my ancestors wants to help me? That in and of itself can make a huge, huge difference. You know, what is a very beautiful fiction book that goes into this extraordinarily well? No. Legendborn. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm getting and ready to read one- it. I'm getting ready to read the second one right now. That's my next audible thing. Like this week it will be. Um, I'm so excited. But Uh in that book, they do such a great job with channeling ancestry and with Uh really grappling with having an awareness of ancestry or a lack thereof. It's a really great book to read um, as far as ancestral healing goes, especially for modern day United States and elsewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it's, that's a really good point. Yeah. Blood marked is the next one, right? Blood marked is the Blood next one. I'm so one. stoked. Yeah. It's also a uh, Arthurian legend retelling. So if you like mm-hmm. Arthurian legend, you will love it. Mm-hmm. I have fears about the next one, which happens when I really love a first book. Yep. So I'm yep. like, oh, please don't do the thing I think you might be doing. Please don't do the thing I think you might be doing. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, yeah. The cover gives me hope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I, I'm excited about that. That's a really good book recommendation for this. That's a really good book recommendation yeah. for this. Yeah. Um, I also recommend uh, write letters to your ancestors. Mm-hmm. It's a really simple way of doing very deep energetic work. Um, you know, whether it's a woman who held a lot of pain of being a woman somewhere in my ancestry, or it's, you know, my great, great grandma, Joe, like whatever you want to address it to, um, or grandpa, of course, but, uh, that's really helpful. Like just Mm -hmm. write a letter, tell them what you wish you could, you know, that no one you were sure of told them that while they had lived, um, they will actually get that energy and then you can you can burn it you can bury it you can do whatever you want to do with it um that letter once you've written it you can hold on to it it's totally your choice but that will start to to build some bridges and mend some gaps in those spaces yeah i actually totally agree because um when my the first of my grandmothers passed away um one of the things that came through afterwards was there was this lot, a lot of hurt and misunderstanding from the way relationships had been with her, uh, specifically with, you know, the females in the family or the, the people who present female anyway, um, and were brought up that way. And so all of this came up, you know, the daughters and, and the, uh, the grandchildren, the children were all like, why was it this way? How did it happen this way? And I was directly involved in my grandmother's, um, process from here to what comes next. And uh, she actually did come through and explained how it was adversity that she experienced and could not overcome because of culture, because of, you know, being a a woman in the world at the time. 
and not being able to do things that she really felt she wanted to do, but what didn't have access to. And so that led to the way she felt about herself and the way that she then treated the rest of us, um, which led to a lot of forgiveness retroactively from my cousins, my uh-huh. um, aunts and uncles or parents, siblings, whatever you want to call those at this point. And uh, yeah, there, I, I looked it up. There's no like agreed upon that I could find, uh, but I would, I would guess that, like piblings if we're going to do the other way. Okay. Yeah. So your, your parents, siblings and your siblings and your, you know, the generations even immediately around them. That was really interesting to witness being able to say, Hey, this is why that happened. And everybody was just like, Oh, and if we would have known in, you know, in while they were still here, that would have been fine too, but it would have been almost more awkward. I think there, Uh there is that awkwardness of having to sit with that. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting space to be able to fill. Absolutely. With that too, if you don't, and this is just, this isn't quite ancestry. This is kind of a little past life side note. A lot of people are like, who in my life do I have, have I had past life with lives with, especially in your family, because there's like the belief in karma or like karmatic healing, or like you're, you're doing that sort of reincarnation cycle with people. That is not a requirement. Like there's a lot of people who have never had a life with anyone in their family ever mm-hmm. before you picked this to break cycles you picked it because that's the life that's going to secure you these lessons or it's going to secure you this path forward like whatever it is that's not a requirement so it's not like oh i need to in order to heal this relationship with my mom i have to look at past life stuff and ancestral stuff and blah blah, blah. you don't you might not have a past life relationship with your mom and that's not going to give you a lot. And then you're just going to end up feeling confused and frustrated. So that's the other thing that I get a lot in readings with people is they're like, you know, have I had a past life with them? Why is this so hard? I'm like, actually, it's really hard because you haven't had a past life with them before. You've never understood each other and you aren't on the same wavelength. Like none of this is even remotely the same. You just share DNA. And so it's more of a body healing thing than it is a spirit healing thing, a soul healing thing. Um, So there's just different layers and levels in which you can hold this on. And I just want to kind of clear up that misunderstanding too, because it's just not coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So there's some ancestral healing stuff. We <laughs> yeah, talked that time about flew. it. That was amazing. Great yeah. uh, topic choice. You guys, thank you so much. Keep giving us suggestions because this is really fun. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The two ones we have to vote on that are coming up are like winter solstice holiday tradition, spiritual yeah, winter, things. So winter you- holiday practices. Yeah, winter holiday practices and um, how to incorporate like actual spiritual energetic fun into your life in a way that's high vibrational and actually like works for you. So those are the ones to vote between. If you want to vote between them, join the Patreon, please mm-hmm. come hang out with us there. Um, we love it. It's really fun to get to interact with you all there and, and get questions and get, to, uh, you know, give a bonus video. It's really just a pleasure. So yeah, yeah if you want to vote on those. Another Another way to be able to interact with us a lot more one-on-one is through the Forgotten Storytellers, which is still accepting pitches. Um, so we're running a, we're running short on the pitch window. So if you are uh, if you're someone who has a story you want to share, and a lot of them do deal with ancestral healing, this is a great way to practice mm-hmm. that and kind of flow it out with the support of us and your cohort that you'll be working with at the same time. Uh, go ahead and pitch your story to Forgotten Storytellers. We work with fiction stories that heal people. Yep. 
Uh, that is basically what it is. If you have an idea, it's worth giving it a shot and seeing if this is the next space forward. Also, ask your guides if you're like, should I pitch this thing? Like, yeah. ask them. Yeah. Like, give me a clear, like, unmissable validation in the next day if I should do it. And they will show up for you and mm-hmm. probably be a, like intense about it. So mm-hmm. of best way to describe it. Um, but go ahead, ask. It's it's really helpful to mm-hmm. ask their opinions and their thoughts on those things. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, happy full moon. If you're listening yeah. to this tomorrow, I hope your full moon is great. Um, enjoy. Yeah, do your best to stay safe. Uh, don't do anything like really too uh, impulsive because there is injury kind of energy in the air or mm-hmm. action energy in the air. So choose aligned and intentional action so that you can uh, maybe hopefully avoid any energies of injury. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you. Um, have a lovely week and we hope that you take all this information and you go, go make, make some, some magic. magic. Yeah, did you I mean, it is, it is what it is. <laughs>